Welcome back to the Strength and Speed Podcast. We are back for another episode, another All Conquer the Gauntlet Pro episode. Joining me, I have Brenna Calvert. Hey, glad to be back. Yeah, it's been like forever. I don't know when the last time we recorded an episode was. It was a long time ago, though. Yeah. And we have another Conquer the Gauntlet Pro joining us, Lisa Nondorf. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Before we, uh, before we read Lisa's bio, uh, I mean, get into the questions. This episode is brought to you by Atomic Climbing Holds. Atomic Climbing Holds is a sponsor of the Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team. They make some great uh, rig grips and holds and pegboard receivers, all sorts of good stuff, whether you're prepping for Ninja or prepping for a Savage or a Conquer the Gauntlet. Definitely some great stuff, and I would check out their website, especially the Deals of the Day section. They usually do a thing where they give away free holds if you're already placing an order. So it allows you to like stack on a bunch of extra stuff to your order for no extra cost. Brenna, any uh, opinions on Atomic? Oh, um, I mean, I swear by them. I think the entire team does. I have them hanging up in my gym. And then um, hopefully if y'all are coming out to Conquer the Gauntlet events, we will have like a demonstration with their um, peg holds in a board so you can kind of see how you can set that up at home. So Check us out at the Pro Team Tent on race day, and you can get a sneak peek of some of their actual holds in person and see what they're like. Right on. All right, let's uh, let's jump into the podcast. Uh, like I said, we have Lisa Nondorf joining us. Uh, Lisa sent me a several-page bio. It was like her life story. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I'm... It's what happens when you're old. You have, like... A lot of life stories. <laughs> <laughs> if I read it, it's gonna, the whole podcast is just going to be me reading her bio. So I'm going to not read it. Um, no. But it's kind of the, the big highlights was not really into athletics that much growing up. Started getting into diving at the end of, sounds like, was it high school? Yeah, yep. I started diving like in high school. And then so I was a gymnast a little bit before, um, competitive, but I don't remember much of it. So it obviously was not a big, huge component of my life. So anyway, so gymnast, then she goes into diving, <laughs> um, starts diving at college, breaks some some school records, uh, ends up being a professional diver, is working at Six Flags Great America just outside Chicago, which is, sounds like the coolest yeah. summer job ever. Um, continues... Uh, Kind of doesn't really do much fitness after, sounds like, after her diving career ends. And then runs her first uh, 5K in 2012. And then mm-hmm. first 10K uh, a couple year, two years later. And then, and then gets into obstacle course racing after some friends convinced her to do it. Ends up running at the infamous Spartan Cruise and makes a small amount of cash there. And, yeah. and then from that, does a couple more Spartans, gets involved in Battlefrog, and then that kind of is where everything took off. Uh, falls in love with Battlefrog, Conquer the Gauntlet, you know, was on the Battlefrog TV show. So, Right. That's a quick bio. Yeah. That is a quick bio. That's exactly it. I needed you to summarize it. Perfect. <laughs> I really want to post this publicly because it is so long. Like I... <laughs> 
Uh, okay. And in your, your old age, you get a little wordy. <laughs> you do. Just wait. You guys will you'll get there. You're almost there. Uh, yeah, I, I we just realized we realized a couple. Uh, I think this was the actually the last rec- podcast we recorded with Brenda that I'm the oldest guy on the team, and we have some. And it was um, a couple of weeks ago. Someone asked for our birthdays in the private Facebook group, and there was some oh. like some people born in like '92. It was sad. <laughs> Which was like, and I'd already graduated high school. <laughs> I think. And I think, disclaimer everyone listening we we're allowed to say this and tease lisa about being old because she does it but please everybody don't walk up to her and just comment on how old she is you know it's out of family love here (laughs) no it's okay every i make fun of myself so but i think that you know what it's part of it and i'm happy to be older like i'm okay with it like turning 40 was a great milestone for me so i enjoy it so i'm okay and then it, it's just going to be more embarrassing when she beats you on the course. So um. exactly, that's that's why I really can't tease too much because she's all, like already beats me now. So not saying I don't know. All right, so we're gonna get we're gonna start talking about some of her diving career, what that was like, what some lessons we can draw draw from that, and then talking about what she has coming up this season. And also, I reached out to Jay Flores, um, Lisa's partner in crime. And he gave me a couple of questions that I need to follow up with you, which should be good. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, that can't be good. All right, so let's start off with uh, diving career, right? So how did you end up getting involved in diving? Take us through a little bit of that story. Well, I um, kind of fell upon it. I was living in Colorado at the time, and diving was a pretty big sport in Colorado, which is a little insane. Gymnastics wasn't as big, and diving was big. So um, I made the transition over um, and actually started diving at Colorado State as well as high school. Um, and so it was just a smooth fit. It kind of made sense, you know, when you find some a sport and you just go, oh, I can actually do this. Um, that's kind of what it was. I mean, it took a couple of years to learn the fundamentals, but then um, I moved back to Wisconsin, and my junior and senior year, it just it clicked you know, and so um, it kind of followed all of my strengths where I have a, a pretty good sense of air awareness. Um, and then I, my core is super strong, and you really kind of need that for um, diving. So it just was an easy fit for me. Now, when we're talking diving, what height, I would say, did you start at? And then what was like, what's like the highest height you've dived off of? Okay, so I um, started at one meter um, springboard, but I transitioned to three meter pretty quick because I dove at a university. So I did both all the way through um, college, and I dove platforms at nationals as well. Um, The highest platform that you'll see competitively is um, uh, it's about 33. It's it's pretty high in the air. It's 10 meters. Um, So it's 33 feet. Now, the highest I've ever dove is 100 feet. So, and that was in stunt diving. Um, so it's, they, we call it a 10 story building and our pool depth is anywhere from 10 to 12 feet. So it's just a little, we like a little bucket. So, but that's, um, my highest has been a hundred. It's probably like a 98, not a true hundred, but close. And for those who watch World's Toughest Motor or have participated, the jump off of the cliff is about 35 feet. So, um, <laughs> That is a significant yeah. height difference if you're jumping yeah, off. Yeah, it's about three of those. Yeah, insane. 
and it, yeah, and with with, a pool. with the pool only ten to twelve feet deep. I mean, yeah. I, obviously, form plays a big part, right? Otherwise, you you hurt yourself either on the yeah. uh, on the impact of the water or at the bottom of the pool. Correct. Um, you, I mean, you'll touch the bottom of the pool, but you slow down pretty quickly. I mean, you hit the water pretty hard. So, yeah, there have been a couple injuries. Um, I got away with um, minor stuff, um, but I've seen some some nasty injuries. But um, again, every sport has that. So. Um, the highest, uh, we used to also do what's called a fire dive. So you truly light yourself on fire, and then um, you dive into the water. So the highest I've ever done a fire dive from is actually 35 feet. So that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> so how do you, so obviously you said stunt diving too. So like, because you were a gymnast, I mean, how do you practice diving and like flipping? Like, do, are you doing like gymnastics type stuff out of the water for practice um, or do you just literally they put you on a board and they're like, okay, go flip. <laughs> I had the gymnastics background, but the big transition from gymnastics to diving is in gymnastics, we land everything on our feet. And when you dive, you land everything on your head. So actually stunt diving, when you're jumping from that height, um, anything above probably 50 feet, you're landing everything on your feet. So actually, it was a little bit smoother of a transition for me to high dive because of landing feet first versus head first. Um, but, it, you know, the flips and everything are very similar. Um, twisting is a little bit different. Um, divers have more time because we're higher in the air. So um, it's a very similar sport. Um, there's a lot of sports uh, for gymnasts that people don't recognize are actually similar diving and gymnastics. I think people put two and two together, but um, pole vaulting and gymnastics actually is very similar. So a lot of our gymnasts are recruited to be pole vaulters. So because of the kipping motion that's required. So um, gymnastics, having a gymnastics background kind of helped me with a lot of things I do. Like I said, it, it increased my air awareness and space awareness greatly, which helped my diving. That is pretty crazy. Have, have you ever seen Cirque du Soleil uh, O, the water one? I did. I actually just saw it this year. Um, but, in fact, I was actually called to audition for Cirque du Soleil um, when I was still, you know, it was probably when it first came out. And the funny story is I kept saying, I cannot quit my job and run off and join the circus. And now <laughs> I look, what was I thinking? <laughs> like, I should have done that. All the crazy things I do in my life, and I didn't take it that opportunity. So... But yeah, that was a really cool show. I actually literally just saw it this year at Christmas. Oh yeah, it's it's amazing. The I mean, Olympic caliber, at least from my perspective. I mean, I'm I'm not an expert diver or judge of diving, but it seems like they're like Olympic caliber athletes. You know, jumping and flipping off everything, and the stage is like crazy. It's it's you know, there's a big pool, but like you can enter the pool from off stage. So essentially, people are like swimming out of nowhere. You right, like, and they dive in and they don't come back up because they swim off stage. So. I know it's it was way cool. I was super impressed. So and being out of the sport of diving for as long as I've been, um, like it was it was really cool to go back and watch stuff, and it was neat. So if World Toughest Motor ever goes back to Vegas, you can hit up uh, Cirque du Soleil or just uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Good information. A little bit too late for most of the audience. Oh well. I'll send them <laughs> my bio. It'll take them forever to read it, but you know, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure 
you said like talking about diving and gymnastics combined. Um, I don't know how many people have seen or followed that. Like lately, you have been focusing not solely on CrossFit, but you kind of have been building your strength because of your experience with TMX last season. Um, so talk a little bit. I, I guess did you have a good basically going into CrossFit already being such an athlete, especially with the gymnastics? That's kind of been a strong suit for you there like again you're able to do everything pretty easily with your transition I won't say easily um but it's been funny um because I started doing CrossFit and I mean I lifted minimal weights um we had to do weightlifting rate training when I was diving but again we're talking over 20 years ago so I started lifting again um because of TMX, and I joined um, two guys that are in my gym, and we all kind of started doing CrossFit together. Um, it's been funny to see the things that just naturally, like I'm either talented at or I'm bringing from the past, like all the handstand work. Um, we had one workout, and I remember it was the first one we had to do handstands, and it was like walking, you know, 50 yards or something in the handstand, and I was like, okay, I'm done. And the guys couldn't even do a handstand. So they were like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, I finished. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> and so, um, and then muscle-ups for me, um, bar muscle-ups actually, like, I just natural. Um, and so the guys get very frustrated because here they are bench pressing over 200 pounds and my little self is excited about, like, 140. And I can destroy them on bar muscle-ups. Um, and so I learned to ring muscle up within like, I think three weeks, um, just because I couldn't do it and I got really frustrated. And so I was like, I'm doing this. And then, um, it ended up being in the CrossFit open workout. And so that was pretty neat to like all of a sudden be able to do a ring muscle up. But, um, CrossFit has been actually a really smooth transition as well for me. Um, I just don't focus on the heavy, heavy lifting. Um, but all the movements and things like that have been pretty, um, pretty easy. Um, I mean, but again, I'm not lifting 280 pounds like some of these girls. It's insane. See, I like it. In the beginning, Evan said, you know, watch out because like you're masters, but you're beating the young people, me included. Watch out, boys. I mean, seriously, <laughs> if you're like kicking the ass of like the guys you work not all the, all the time, but yeah. the boys you're working out with, you're showing them up. I like it. Yeah, so it's fun. Like, we always laugh. Um, I'm very, very fortunate to have two amazing training partners here. Um, once Jay moved away, I kind of was like, what am I going to do? Um, but they, we all have an area where we're super strong, and it's a little bit different than each other. So as we don't write our workouts, we actually get our workouts, and it's pretty neat to have people like that, that you can see the workout and be like, okay, I know who I'm going to be fighting to, you know, try to keep up with. And so it's pretty fun. It's, you know, it makes working out, like, so much fun. So. And I think it's funny. We have to put another disclaimer out there. We've said reference Jay several times, and obviously some people know, but we're talking about Jay Flores, who's another Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team member. But it was always like you'd say, who's Jay, or talk about Jay, and be like, yeah, Jay and – that lady with him we always referenced it was like always Lisa or vice versa it's like Lisa and that young guy with her like who's that it's like Lisa and Jay they're like they come together they're a pair <laughs> it's true we still kind of feel that way but he lives in Miami um and so and I'm still in Wisconsin but 
Um, he's actually in, I was supposed to be in Minnesota with him, but they're doing course, or they're at American Ninja this weekend. I just could not make it. So super sad, but we'll see everybody next weekend. So I'm super excited. Yes. And for whatever, I mean, I don't know when you're putting this out, but we're all excited because the first CTG Dallas coming up and it's going to be like our mm-hmm. biggest showing. I think, I think Tulsa will have another showing of like majority of the team, but. I'm excited. It's the first time we have all the girls except for Ashley, so I don't think that's happened yet. Yeah. I said, thank God for being a Masters. I can just wave at <laughs> you guys. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, it's like 100 degrees here. I'm from the north. <laughs> yeah, I've skipped a little bit, but all the girls were so, like, each one of us, everyone's like, yeah, no, we're all going to suck when it's like, Whatever. And we're all head cases, so we're all kind of talking each other, like talking each other up while we talk ourselves down. <laughs> this is the first event, so new obstacles, yeah. new stuff. No one knows. We don't have the, I'm not, I don't have the intel from Build Crew, so I can't like pass on any details. <laughs> oh, it's rough. We're just as blind as everybody else, so it's kind of fun. Yeah, that, yeah. that is that excitement of, well, how's this gonna go? <laughs> Pretty so. much. All right, before we get start getting too off <clears throat> off track here, let's jump back a little bit. So take me through a weekly schedule when you're a diver. Like what was your what was your workouts um, like? Um we would well, I was in um I was I went to college at St. Bonaventure University, which is upstate New York. Um and so it's a small private Catholic college. Um our pool, we were the conference champions every year I was there. Um, but our pool was small. Um, it definitely wasn't one of the favorite sports. I mean, my school was so small. We didn't have a football team because we were too small. So our big sports were definitely basketball, um, baseball, and soccer, believe it or not. And um, so we had to share the pool with our um, swimmers. And so we actually got the crummy practice time. So we tell everybody we practiced from 8 a.m. until 10 a.m. in the morning. So morning classes sometimes were tough. You were going to class soaking wet. But then we had weights in the afternoon, so you had to go and spend an hour in the weight room. But then we had evening practice again from 8 p.m. till 10 p.m. at night. So um, so we were training about five hours a day, uh, five days a week. And then our season, we had uh, the longest season. I think our sport is actually the longest season. Um, we started – a month into school, we were into preseason already, so already training with our coach. And then nationals was after spring break. So I think I only had two months of the school year that I was not in, quote-unquote, season. So, yeah, by Halloween, we were already competing and and then not finishing competitions until about April, I think mid-April. Yeah, that's a, that is a long season. So when you said you're in the weight room, what kind of uh, weight training were you doing? Um, a lot of core strengthening, um, just, be, uh, you know, I always say, I don't know why, but I do know why, but it just, it's to get into like tight shapes, you know, things like that. Um, doing some leg work, um, and a little bit of arm work, but again, repetitious, it wasn't anything overly heavy. Like we would do Olympic lifts, like back squat, bench press, um, but then a lot of shoulder stabilization. So a lot of shoulder work because you're entering the water so many times on your shoulders. So tricep work, things like that. So kind of more of the stabilizers versus root strength. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And, and zero 
cardio. <laughs> like none. <laughs> we did no cardio. <laughs> so I think one day my coach made us run a mile, and I remember wanting to die. Thinking, what am I doing? I'm running a mile. This is insane. So, yeah, it was pretty bad. <laughs> so do you have something that people, someone from the outside wouldn't think about it, uh, if something you have to do as a diver? something unexpected um a lot again it's it's the core strength that a lot of people don't realize like in my coach was um a little intense um I guess it's kind of where I learned a lot of my training from I'm thankful for him at the time I wanted to scream at him a lot but um he would time our abs and I honestly to this day we're talking 20 years later can still tell you our ab circuit. And it was, we had to do, um, how many, we did 1,500 abs, and it was timed. I had 10 minutes to get it done. And it was like 250 crunches, 250 right over left, 250 left over right. Like the fact that we did it every single day. So I tell everybody when um, I make the joke that when I look back at old pictures, I'm like, I was long and lean with some ripped abs. That's what I looked like, like a toothpick with abs. So, um, but it helped with, because, you know, like Brenna alluded to before, how do we practice diving? Well, you crash a lot. So (laughs) I would end up with a lot of bruises. Um, I've had black eyes. Um, I've actually had to have surgery. Um, I've hit the diving board a few times. Um, I never hit my head, so I'm thankful for that. Um, But... Yeah, I know, right? I'm starting to wonder. Maybe I've blacked it out, but, um, but no, like, so it's, um, it's, we always laugh and say it's diving and everyone watches it and they're like, it's so beautiful. It, it hurts. If you've ever done a belly flop, it hurts. So I always warn people that we strengthen like core to help with, um, when you would smack, it wouldn't hurt as bad, I guess. I don't know. It hurts, so. All right, last diving question, and then we'll switch to OCR. Um, so what lessons can you pull from diving that apply to OCR? Um, a lot of just learning that you can do more than you think you can. And when things are scary, that it's okay to, to be afraid, but it's not okay to give in to your fear. So, when you're again, when you're learning a new dive, I mean, it's scary when your coach says, okay, now I want you to jump in the air and flip three and a half times. And hopefully you'll know where you are so when you kick out, you'll hit the water. You know, and and so your initial response is, oh, God, I might not make it through this. You know, um, but then you take a deep breath and you go, you know what? I'm not going to let my fear determine what I'm going to be capable of doing. And that's kind of my mentality going into OCR is if I'm afraid of it, that's okay. It's okay to have that, but it's not okay to not push yourself and try. That's great. I love that. Great lesson. All right, so let's start talking about some of the local OCRs you've you've been doing and getting into. Uh, so what have you done so far this season? Uh, so far this season, well, I just finished um, the Dirt Runner, um, so Midwest Mayhem. Um, so it was located on the Dirt Runner course. I believe this is going to be the, that was the last time they're using the actual Dirt Runner course. Um, it's actually, kind of a shame because actually update the venue. update they're doing one yeah. more in July Warrior Rush. 
July. Oh, excellent. So they just. So if you yeah. haven't raced on Dirt Runner, um, I would go out and do it just to race out on Dirt Runner because it is. Um, I think Spartan used to use that course. Um, I know that I've raced there for Battle Frog, um, same course. The terrain is just amazing. Um, you, it, it's tough. It'll, I mean, you think Illinois and you think, oh, it's not going to be, I mean, the hills and everything are just amazing. So, and TK does, um, a great job. You know, I was very surprised. Um, I made fun of him because he does kind of split that course up into three different avenues. Like he'll do out the gate is the walls and the carries and he's not playing with the carries. Those are some of the heaviest carries I've done to date. So um, he had no differential for the girls and the guys. Um, in the open waves, I think the girls got some lighter weights. But in the um, elite wave, we carried the same weights as the guys. Um, and then he's got the whole genre of obstacles. And it's pretty cool because you can see everything. So for spectators, they can see this whole gauntlet of obstacles. And I honestly think there's about 30 of them. Yeah, there's a lot. And they're back. <laughs> it's like they don't end. And then his obstacles have obstacles in them. So, like, I think there was the one, and I think you did it last year, Evan, where you have to go and pick up the Atlas Stone, carry the Atlas Stone back, but the Atlas Stone is sitting inside of a tire, and then you have to drag the tire back to you, and then you drag it back, and then you go back and pick up your Atlas Stone, and then you have to replace it in the tire. And that's one obstacle. And there's like 30 of these. So <laughs> it's like the never-ending obstacles. And fortunate enough for me in that race, um, that tends to be where I excel. So the initial portion, I was actually running in second place until the obstacles. And then um, luckily, thank God for, you know, grip strength, <clears throat> hint, atomic holds, everyone, Um I was able to um, breeze, you know, get through the obstacles on the first try and all of that. So, and then there's the backwoods. He kind of tests your emotional stability there because he has these tunnels and they're filled with water. And I never knew that I had a fear of drowning until this race. <laughs> and, and then it became super real. But it's not – and then I'm, like, thinking, you know, as you're running, you're like, you're such a baby. Like, everybody else did it. And you get done with the race, and everybody is saying how that was the scariest thing they've ever done. So I felt a little relieved. But, I mean, it's like this – it's not even a huge tunnel, but it's probably – I don't know – Last year it was more full. So last year I think it was more scary. And this year was we didn't have the rain. So I think it's like three quarters of the way full. And you're literally like face planting the top of this tunnel. Like, yeah, it was a little scary. So he does obstacles like that too that's going to test your fears, like fear of heights in the middle of the woods. And you're kind of by yourself in the middle of the woods, you know. Um, and then these tunnels. And, yeah, so it was just a really cool race. So I was happy to um, be able to race, you know, early in the season at home, which never happens here. So that was way cool. Yeah, the, the, and then the first time I did that course was – well, so I did, I did it for BFX Chicago when they did it there. But they didn't use all the obstacles um, that some of, that were, some of them were talking about. So the first time I actually did the, the actual dirt runner course was during OCR America. And I'm by myself for a lot of these. So, like, again, you're going through the tunnel and you're like – 
you know, there's no one around, no one can see you, and no one's gone through ahead of you, right? So there's not, like, a beaten path, and, like, no one scared the frogs away, so there's, like, frogs jumping off of my face and, like, bouncing off my legs. It's like, oh, man. Well, I had a friend, and he was like, Lise, I, you, there's a huge long tunnel that goes up into the wood. I mean, this tunnel is long, and you just look into it, and all you see is, like, a little patch of light, but you're going uphill. And I'm like, how many spiders are living in this tunnel? But um, my friend was like, well, it wasn't just spiders. He's like, I actually picked up a frog and carried it out. <laughs> he knew the next person would probably, like, smush it. And I was like, oh, my God. He's like, oh, hopefully that was the tunnel I went in and I didn't smush any frogs. <laughs> that, that uphill tunnel is awful, by the way. I was... Especially like at, so it, uh, for Midwest Mayhem, it was I was doing multi lap. So you know, mm. after a couple laps, you're just like dreading that tunnel, and you get in it, and the the heat of my body was just reflecting off the tunnel and back into me, and I was I'd come out of there like dripping in sweat, uh, exhausted from side crawling up this thing. So. Oh my god, it's hilarious! Yeah, I just laugh because you look at it and you're like, seriously? <laughs> oh my god, okay, take a deeper. And you are like, I was running completely on my own, so I was like, um. The only thing I could think of in the water tunnels, like, seriously, the irrational things that go through your brain, was, so if I die, I'm going to scare the next person behind me because they're going to run into my body coming through this tunnel. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but that's really what was going through my brain. Like, just don't die because you'll scare the next person. Like, don't do it. So, yeah. But it was, um, I mean, nothing is overly dangerous. It's just that mental fear, you know? Like, some people, like you said, have it jumping off of 35 feet. And I never knew that drowning was going to be, I mean, I scuba dived. I didn't think drowning was an issue until that race. And now I'm like, hmm, yeah, that might be a fear I own. So, yeah. <laughs> and how did you How did you place in that event? Um, I took first overall female. Awesome. So, yeah. So they have pretty cool awards too, don't they? Like, is that the one that well, has? Yeah. Or something? Yeah. I, um, well, the benefit of being a master's is I got to, double dip so I took first overall female and first masters um, and he got like dragon heads like like saw I mean they're heavy dragon heads and they're gold and it's pretty cool so I have two dragon heads now which is really kind of cool so if you haven't run like the awards are amazing the course is like really cool the running is great back in those woods you know um, and after you finish all the obstacles it just feels kind of good to just go for go for a trail run and do a couple more obstacles. So, um, so yeah, I recommend it to everybody because it's really a good race. And then I know he's doing some other stuff. I know TK is, um, working. He wants to build OCR in Greece. So he's headed over there as well. Um, but then he's doing some other locations. I know he's actually looking for a Wisconsin menu to do a race in Wisconsin. And so I think he's going to be taking, um, they're going to call it DR and traveling it. So we might want to look for that local. Yeah, he's everything's nothing's finalized yet, so everything's kind of still up in the air. But uh, the plan is to take it mobile and hit some other locations in the Midwest and then maybe even East Coast. So more to follow so, on that. Yes. Well, so. also, so you've been doing not just local to home, but like a more local venue. Didn't you travel – earlier in the season or just recently Louisiana, right? For a kind of local mm, venue. I did. Um, it's called Vanguard race. Um, I did their first, um, race series ever. So their inaugural race, um, which was in new Orleans. Um, and again, 
holy crumbs. Um, it was just a 5K, um, and it's a it's a building race, um, and their obstacles were like no other. I mean, for it being a first time small local race, it like they um, the build on the obstacles were like they've been doing this for years. Um, I never felt, you know, like I hate to say sometimes you get on an obstacle, you're like, oh, that's a little sketchy. Like there was none of that. Um, and the use of terrain, um, everything. And I didn't get lost, which is huge for me. Whoa. So that, I know, that's crazy. That's amazing. So the marking, the everything was just <laughs> unbelievable. So um, I'm actually headed out there on June 9th and 10th, um, I'm going to do their second race. And it's it's kind of this cool thing. They've partnered with the Louisiana Sports Festival. And so they are a component in the sports festival. So the sports festival has, like, all of these um, races you can do. So they're doing, like, um, rock climbing. So you can compete in rock climbing. Um, you can compete. There's a trail race at night that you can do. I know that Andy Hardy is coming out and leading like a hurricane heat. They're calling it the big easy. Um, and then there is, I think there's a, there might be a biking or try. I mean, it's just a lot of things. And then Vanguard is doing their traditional 5k on Saturday, um, which I'll be racing in. And then they're also doing on Sunday, what they're calling a time trial. So it's going to be, it's going to mimic like the OCR world in North American um, 3K where it's all the obstacles in a short period. I think they're doing a mile with a boatload of obstacles. So, and that's on Sunday. So I'm excited to do that just because I think that this series is got a definite um, place. I mean, the obstacles are challenging. Um, the nice thing that they did is, they did their their rig is super short was super short um but instead of like burping out or anything like that they have penalties so the penalty was actually a tire flip and they timed the tire flip to take like three minutes so you had to flip the tire basically for three minutes um so but so you weren't, if you failed the obstacle, they weren't going to disqualify you, but you basically were going to take a three-minute tire flip, which was unreal. And some of the girls couldn't <laughs> flip the tire. So they were stuck at the obstacle but couldn't do the penalty because they couldn't lift the tire. So, But they ended up getting through the obstacle, which was awesome. But then after the elite podiums finished, they went through and changed some of the, op the lanes of the obstacles to make them a little bit easier and more friendly for open waves. So when the open waves came through, they could choose. They could try the harder lanes, but then they could, if they wanted to, they could go to the easier lanes so that it wasn't, you know, it felt like you could still accomplish the race and things like that. And then the open waves were allowed to do tire flips as well if they wanted. So it's it's kind of a happy medium between that mandatory um, and, you know, doing burpees because I love them. So, like, you almost, like, whisper. You got quiet. You're like... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I moved my phone away, probably. So um, it's okay. We don't like to say it either, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, it's you know, and like I said, I'll be out there June 9th and 10th. I know um, I'm excited to run um, the second race for them. Um, I know they're already out on build, so they're already building, and I know that there's a storm coming their way. So um, 
But like I said, their obstacles will withstand the storm because it's not bad. The only obstacle that I screamed at um, was the bucket carry. And that's because for some reason, um, somebody thought that carrying a bucket full of sand would be more forgiving. Plus, you have to fill the bucket with sand while you're sweaty. Um, (laughs) Yeah, which is brilliant that that bucket of sand would be lighter than gravel. Which it did not feel lighter, and I was full of sand. <laughs> so, like a sugar cookie. All... Yeah, <laughs> and then the bucket's like on you with the sand, and I was like, "This is horrible." <laughs> but I got through it. I made some precious faces, so my photos were quite pretty because okay. I'm right at the end of the race, um, and so like trying to hold off, I was in first, and trying to maintain first, doing a bucket carry, I was not the most excited person, but I was able to do it, so I was happy. <laughs> um, well, do you have any other, so you said that's coming up in June, do you have any other local venues or events you're checking out, or just other plans for the season? Um, I'll be, you know, I'll be at CTG uh, Dallas next weekend, so I'm super excited for the first one. Can't wait to see the new surprises. Um, and then, you know, I'll be at Vanguard the following weekend. Um, and then it looks like I will be, um, you know, hitting some train races. Um, we've got two in Wisconsin now. So um, that's pretty cool. They've added a second location. So one of them, Slinger, is actually a ski slope in Wisconsin. It's not ski slope like in Pennsylvania or Colorado, but it is a ski slope in Wisconsin. Um, and then um, they've added Oshkosh. And it's going to be on, we have an air, like an air force, like it's kind of like a base, but it's, it's like a, a, I don't know, museum. Um, And so they're doing it there, which is really kind of cool. And then um, I'm looking at Savage Chicago. Um, So some more local stuff, um, but then hitting a couple more CTGs along the way. So impossible third Vanguard race of the season. I know you got a gold medal at the um, U.S. Championships last year, correct? The 15K? Correct. And uh, 3K. 3K and the 15K. Mm-hmm. Uh, you plan on doing NORAM this year, North American Championships, and defending your I title? Am. I'm going to defend it. It's going to be a hard defend, I think, this year, adding in, um, because I think it's going to be more split. I think a lot of people chose um, USA Champs. It was the first year last year. Um, it was a phenomenal race. Um, I thought they did an amazing job again. Um, but I will be back at North American, and you'll have added in all the the other. You know, it's not just US this year, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, the Canadians like to take a lot of the top spots. So they do. So. On official build for NORAM and just being on the build side. And talking about innovation for obstacles, it's pretty exciting. So it's going to yeah. be a good, well, good event. Well, I'll be going back to Worlds as well this year. Um, and so super excited to see that because I've heard it's going to have that European influence. So, um, I mean, I'm excited about hard obstacles. So, like, I'm, like, influence away because that's, you know, for me, that's, the challenge I like. I like showing up to a race and, you know, wondering, hmm, I wonder if today's going to be the day that I um, DNF, of course, you know. I don't think I'd want to be around me if that ever happens, but <laughs> I always like that feeling of, or, you know, you finish and you feel a sense of huge accomplishment. It's not even about where did I finish in placement to other people. It's 
I did it and I succeeded. And I like that sense. I like that feeling. So with that, I want to jump into some of Jay's questions. Uh, the first okay. one's actually a serious one. So uh, Jay wants to know, um, I would like to know what she wants her legacy to be. Ooh. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm going to kill him. <laughs> <laughs> um, my legacy, I think that right now um, I like to think that and Heidi Williams is another one that's doing it as well. There's a couple other Masters athletes that we're trying to redefine what it means to be a Masters athlete and not just redefine it because I think Masters athletes have always been a force when it comes to the running. Um, but redefine it when it comes to the strength, the obstacles, the grit, um, all of that stuff, especially with your females, um, proving that, you know, once you hit 40, it's you're – you can still grow, you can still build, you can still, you know, you can still walk onto a course and go, yep, I can do this. Um, and I just want to see people realize that they don't have to retire at 45. They don't have to retire, you know, like I started doing this at 39. Um, I only did like four races prior to being 40. And every year I just want to keep growing and showing that, you know, it's cool. Like it's really cool to be, 40 and 50 and 60 years old and go crank out 30 pull-ups or, you know, like it's, it's doable. So I think that that's kind of where my mentality is, is just, Hey, it's, you know, it's, we can still be up there. We can still rock it. So. That was a good answer for a serious question that wasn't expected. <laughs> like, wow. So, yeah. All right, now let's follow it up with some of his other questions. So Jay wants to know uh, about your first bus ride on your first race in Puerto Rico and your support oh, to Puerto God. Rico. Oh, <laughs> so um, Puerto Rico, I will always hold dear in my heart. Um, we And a lot of it is, you know, um, Jay is definitely um, one of my best friends. Um, and I believe in supporting Puerto Rico 100%. The people out there are, I can't speak enough about them and everything that they went through in this last year, especially with all the hurricane, um, everything, you know, just hearing that people are still getting power back. I mean, that's, can I, I can't even imagine, you know, um, watching Jay go through everything he went through, not being able to speak to relatives, um, that kind of thing. But my first bus ride in Puerto Rico, so we went out to Puerto Rico, um, and racing this race, and I have no clue. Like, they speak Spanish. My Spanish is sketchy. Uh, I can kind of understand, but they don't speak nice, slow Spanish. They speak very fast Spanish. So I can't understand much of anything. We get on this bus, and you know how you get on a normal bus for an OCR race here, and people are putting on their shoes, people are kind of talking to each other, but you're just bouncing around on the little yellow bus. These people, you would have a dance party on the bus. They are wearing music, singing, screaming, dancing. It is like a 6 a.m. wake-up call. <laughs> like, it's a party on the bus. So we're driving in. I must have had, like, the biggest eyes looking at Jay going, 
do these people know my coffee hasn't kicked in yet? (laughs) (laughs) What is going on on this bus right now? And then I find out it happens on every bus ride that you race in Puerto Rico. (laughs) These are some partying people. That's all I know. Party fools. Um, But, wow, are they amazing. Like, um, I am on Team Puerto Rico with Jay, um, and I will absolutely be going back to Puerto Rico as often as possible. Um, I communicate with them as much as possible, and I will always be a supporter of that team and and building Puerto Rico um, with OCR. I think it's just amazing, um, and I think their spirits are absolutely something you can't find in many places. I guess I would tell everyone, you need to go race a race in Puerto Rico, and you'll understand exactly what I'm saying, because if you think our festival grounds are parties, you need to go to Puerto Rico. (laughs) It's a party. (laughs) So... Yeah, I wanted to make it down to one of the races this year, but it just didn't fit in with my schedule. I know uh, Jay was, you know, our group was talking about some of the, like, apocalypse race or some other, something else that goes on down there. So, um, yeah, definitely a good racecation to look at yeah. in the future. Exactly. Uh, uh, then a follow-up. So I heard there was some shenanigans going on in the Chicago Battle Frog team house. Um, he just wanted to know some more information about that. So for those of you who don't know, uh, Lisa was on a team, the Chicago uh, Battle Frog Series team uh, that was televised on ESPN, also with Jay. Yeah, so I am, I actually, I, I mean, I'm sure there's other teammates that still talk, um, but I can tell you that that TV show absolutely changed my life for the fact that Jay, Julie, and Learl, um, it's Learl Rugland, Julie Hartland, or Hartage, and Jay and I were all on the same team. And creating that team was kind of comical because, you know, um, Learl lives in Minneapolis. Julie lives in northern Wisconsin. Jay lived in Milwaukee, and I live in Madison, but we were Team Chicago. Um, but it just happened to be that that's the team we created. And... Um, we are still four of the closest friends ever. We probably, we just talked all day today. Like, we talk on a daily basis. Um, they are some of the most amazing people to bounce um, training off of because if you know any of them, one, you know Jay is really, really good at obstacles, and so that's kind of what he's known for. What is kind of taking a second seat is actually how fast he is. He's actually a phenomenal runner. Um, everyone knows Learl can run. It's kind of ridiculous how fast Learl is. Um, I don't even think it's human sometimes um, to be, he'll be, he's a year older than me, so he's turning 44 this year, or he just turned 44. So, and to run as fast as him is, like, I'm like, okay. He'll say things like, oh, I went out for a 10-miler, held the six-minute pace. That felt great. I'm like, really? Like, seriously? I went out for a one-mile, can't hold a six-minute pace. Um <laughs> But Julie also is amazingly fast. So for me, being the no runner in the group, it's um, extremely humbling. But our house was a ridiculous party. So we strung a slack line in the middle of our cabin from one bedroom. (laughs) And possibly we were on the slack line at night. Um, Possibly we bent in a door frame or two. Um, 
we, yeah, we just kind of were the acrobats. I mean, we had a Dharma wheel and what? Oh yeah. Jeffrey Bent was in our house as well. So that added to the chaos. Um, and so the Dharma wheel, we all decided that it would be a brilliant idea to put it on top of the kitchen counter and try to balance on it. Nice. Yeah. So it was constantly, like, sheer entertainment. And the the crazy thing is we don't really drink. So we did all of this sober. <laughs> so, That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah and there's, there's- Brenna's Brenna's breaking up a little bit, so we're we keep losing her. Yeah. But it was. How how did you guys actually do? You did pretty well on the show, if I recall correctly. Yeah, we did. Um, We ended up taking, I think, fifth. um, And we make a joke because we were the second oldest team out there. Sweden was older than us by one year, so we thank Jay for being the baby. Definitely the baby on that team. Um, so there's a lot of inside jokes about that, that Julie, Jay, and I are all the same size. And Lirol is actually, we're like, ooh, who let the big guy on the team? Because he wears a medium, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, like, Jay is, like, 10 years younger than all of us. I remember submitting, like, our clothing size and our ages and everything. And I was like, who the hell was born, what, in 1989, and the rest of us are born in the 70s. So I mean, we're, we're like, what? So there's a lot of inside jokes amongst all of us. Um, and so it's, yeah, but I think we ended up in fifth place. We lost to the same team. You have to lose twice. We ended up having to race the same team twice, which was actually, um, it was Team Denver, and it was when both of the girls were held, or no, we got one of their healthy girls, and then we ended up with um, when their pick, uh, their alternate, when one of their girls got injured. We were their first race back. So we said, oh, that kind of stunk. Nothing like having to race the number one seed twice. So yeah. um, we got the boot. But um, but it was, I mean, oh, my God. Well, Brenna, you were with us, and it was just, I mean, it was fun. <laughs> that it was, was amazing. I just was, remember always teaching um, Julie how to take a selfie. Like, she took her yeah. first selfie. Yeah, Julie, up until that, um, up until we went to Atlanta, she only had a flip phone. Yeah. So she never had a phone that could, like, take selfies or anything. So when I say Julie's from North Wisconsin, I'm not joking. And this is, like, 2016. (laughs) This is not, like, like a decade (laughs) ago, for those of you who who missed the Battle Frog show. Sorry, Julie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it was just a couple of years ago. She's gotten better. She's gotten a lot better. And she knows how to use social media now, which is really cool because before we used to have to have lessons on social media too. <laughs> and Ju- if you want to hear yeah. more from Julie, uh, we had her on the podcast uh, after U.S. Championships when she finished third in the 3K. So She killed it. That was awesome. Yeah, like dark, dark horse in it off. Like people were like, "Who, who is that?" And I was like, "Yes!" I was like screaming well, the for. Hard part is Julie and I started OCR at the same time, so um, she's only been in for a couple of years as well too. And um, and then the year prior to last year, she was actually injured. 
and people don't know that. Um, and so she was battling an injury all year. And so all of a sudden she was healthy. And then like people were like, she came out of the woodwork. But the cool thing is, is behind the scenes, like Jay Lee Earl and I all knew, like, she's a force. Like she's. That's what just, I remember seeing her at Battle Frog. Like it was like, holy crap, who is that? And then it was like, holy crap, where'd she go? And she came back. I was like, oh my gosh, I remember she was so badass. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, I raised Julie. I met Julie at, um, Battle Frog in, um, what they, well, Lake Geneva. That's where we met. And, um, it was her first Battle Frog ever. And she killed it. She did great. And then she raced the championship. And I think she placed like fifth or sixth overall at the Battle Frog championship. And that was only her second Battle Frog ever. I think she took fifth. So, um, yeah. So she's, she's definitely just, she's, she's tough. So, and so I always make jokes. I was on a team and I was like the wimpy one. I was like, oh, hey, it's just me. <laughs> so, yeah, there's some pretty amazing people that I get to call friends. So I'm very fortunate. So. All right, we're going to start wrapping it up here on the podcast. But before we go, since we have Brenna and a guest on the line, we're going to start doing something to get to know each other a little bit better. So let's start off with Lisa, and then we'll do Brenna, and then I'll go. I'll go. So tell us one thing that a lot of people don't know about you. We'll start with Lisa. Well, I just, I just learned that Brenna didn't know this about me, but, I mean, I don't post it very publicly, but that I am a vegetarian. I'm a strict vegetarian, but I'm not a vegetarian for the reasons that most people now are. I actually am a vegetarian because one of my favorite animals is a cow. And I grew up loving cows, and I refused to eat them. So I've been a vegetarian for 35 years. Interesting. So I, I did not know that. That is, that is, that is <laughs> good. Yeah, like we just found out. And I mean, again, you don't, we, we, the comment was that she's the only vegetarian we know that doesn't, like, post, hey, I'm a vegetarian, look at me. <laughs> you know, right. kind of. Well, and I'm okay with cooking meat. Like, I'm okay with it in life. Like, I get it. I get the purpose. Um, I actually think hunters are a great thing um, because, you know, it helps with population control um, as long as you do it the right way. So I'm not, like, one of those, like, pita vegetarians, I guess. I'm, you know, sorry, guys. But um, I just – it's just I chose not to eat meat, and that's kind of been my life. So it's part of me. I guess I don't talk about it much. Good one. Brenna, what do you got? Okay, I, uh, man, I'm going to have to stop doing podcasts if we're going to keep doing this because um, <laughs> I hate this question. <laughs> it's one of those questions that like, when you fill out for all the TV shows and applications. You should have a stack you. ready then because you just applied well, to I, another but, one. Yeah. But I guess I just like, I don't know, I'm an open book. So mine are kind of lame. So I've said it, I think it was in like a post we did maybe, but maybe too many people don't follow our Facebook page. Shame on you. Oh, so, oh that's good. Um, yeah, I um I first will say that uh, I graduated high school when I was 16 years old with only like three years of high school. So I basically did my freshman year when I was 14, then I was a sophomore, and then I went my junior year for two days and became a senior, and then graduated when I was 16. And I did my first like college class that summer when I was 16 still. So yeah, I don't know, it's kind of random. Not because I'm a genius or smart or anything. I'm just smart in the sense that I got, um, <laughs> like, certain credits done out of the way. So I just had a bunch of credits. And a disclaimer. She does that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want the world to know. So no, and it was like, 
Well, it was one of those things that was like, I could either go senior year and have like half days and then be like, ooh, look at me, I have a half day of school, or just go a full year and not have half days. And like, I graduated really early, so I was like, all right, all my friends were older, so it just made sense. <laughs> I was like, I want out. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Cool. Uh, and I'm going to go with, so when I was in high school, one of my friends said they were doing TV auditions, or it wasn't actually auditions, they just needed extras for a show. So I was on Upright Citizens Brigade, a show with Amy Poehler and some other Comedy Central people. I was in the final episode of season two um, about Super Cool, which is like, they, they had this drug called Super Cool, but really it's just sugar, is the kind of like the, the whole joke of the show. <laughs> we and are so that up. <laughs> so me, me and my friend are um they do like a skit where they're supposed to be doing a scared straight thing and we are supposed to be the scared straight kids so i'm in i have like a, i have like a couple you know a couple seconds of screen time where like they show my reactions and stuff so that's my uh I have the DVD. I have the DVD. I have the DVD. I don't know if it's available on YouTube, but uh, yeah, F- final episode. Uh, well, it's the final episode of season two. Super cool. Um, yeah. Well, I thought you were gonna say that like you're in a competition because I know you were kind of bummed that um, Jay just visited more countries than you recently by your flag, and yeah. um, I just that you know like he has you beat on countries because you you know smoke them in miles. But I really wanted to say after a picture today, are y'all in a competition for facial hair? <laughs> oh, oh, I haven't seen this picture. We will be buying it's... you a razor. I am telling you, at CGG Dallas, I am going to pin Jay down and shave his face. But so, hope you all hope... so, <laughs> the, the problem the... is his girlfriend like likes it, so I feel really <laughs> bad <laughs> if I send him home with no facial hair. He might get in trouble. But, oh, my God. Oh, I'm done with it. So, so, so the picture of me is on KCOCR's uh, Instagram. I'll share it to my Instagram. Um, okay. But I, I, so, the Morena shorts. I literally was like, who? And I looked and saw like our pro team shorts. I was like, holy shit, Evan's like scrub city. Oh, <laughs> so, so no. I've oh I've been on vacation. I haven't been working, so I uh, I just stopped shaving. I actually don't like it. Like my face is very itchy. <laughs> When I go to Europe, I'm going to be like, listen, fools, I've been on vacation. I'm not shaving. <laughs> Ironically, my body's still shaved. Um, my face is hairy, though. So. <laughs> yeah. See, that's the problem. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, um, so let's do some final shout-outs. Uh, Lisa, anyone you want to thank or sponsors you want to plug or anything like that before we go? I definitely always want to plug um, Atomic Holds. Um, they actually sit in both of my gymnastics gyms, so we have some of our kids using them. So um, we have them at Gymfinity, and then we also have them at Hybrid, where I work. So, um, yeah, I love my Atomic Holds, and then I am now using my um, my weight vest from – I'm going to say it wrong. Say it for me. It's hair. Harbinger. Harbinger. Yeah, I'm always going to say it wrong. Um, so I'm doing Murph on Monday with my weight vest on. So suck. Oh, that's not going to be good. But those are at least two of the things that I am so very thankful for right now. Brenna, what do you got? Um, well, so this is more of like because Conquer the Gauntlet Pro Team is a sponsor of the new event called Conquer Youth. 
Um, Dave was on the podcast a little bit recently talking about Conquer Youth, and I'm the first pro team member that's been on the show that actually has been at Conquer Youth. So um, it was amazing. It was the most fun I've had at OCR in a really long time. So I was at Conquer Youth Wichita, and um, I just hope everybody goes and either volunteers and helps or, like, if you have kids, sign them up, take them. Uh, it was awesome. So I know they have Conquer Youth in Kansas City on June and then Conquer Youth June. I will be at that one. So super excited about this program and getting um, kids active and out playing. And it's kind of one of those, like, people are like, where was that when I was younger? And someone's like, it's a jungle gym. I mean, yes, but the obstacles, it's like one mile, give or take a little bit, with ten really cool obstacles. And there's lanes, you know, like sizes for adults. Like, I can play on them, and they're structurally – you know, I can complete every obstacle as an adult, but they're made for kids. So, really cool. Um, but, yeah, shout out to that. So, everybody check out Conquer Youth and go for sure. Awesome. Cool. And I'm going to give a quick shout out to a couple of the partners we've teamed up with for Endure the Gauntlet. So, Endure the Gauntlet, my 48-hour OCR challenge I'm doing in Tulsa at the end of August. Uh, one of the partners we have now is Elite Ops Energy Strips. So, they're like 100-milligram caffeinated strips. So, it's like a Listerine type of thing and you put it on your tongue and you have minty fresh breath and then you get like a boost of caffeine so uh we have a code ss10 gives you i think 10 percent off your order so if you want to check those out um you can go to the strength and speed webpage and we'll have that code it's ss10 and then also for that we're also partnering up with link endurance uh is going to be one of the media partners for endure the gauntlet and they'll be doing some coverage for us actually at the event i think that's about it um, Lisa, thanks again for coming on. Uh, definitely some enlightening information on this episode. And Brenna, always good to have you back on the show. I'm excited. Plenty more coming. All right. We'll uh, catch you next week. Bye.